It's my privilege to be able to introduce uh, Michael Pinto, who's the CEO of Wondermakers. He's a uh, very valued partner with us at Normie, and uh, actually he's fun to work with. So I'm going to bring Michael in. And I also have Doug Hoffman here, who is uh, also a good friend of uh, Michael's, and uh, this is going to make for a very interesting conversation tonight. That's the easiest way to do it. So Michael, you want to come in and say a quick hello to everybody? Well, thank you, Lance. I appreciate it very much. And uh, yes, I'm smiling because um, too much fun uh, when we deal with Normie. I know we get a lot of work done and everything, but it's just good people to work with and uh, certainly count you in that as well as uh, Doug. And just uh, very pleased to be here talking about the uh, NCMP. Thank you, Michael. Doug, I don't know, you consider him a, a team player with us? <laughs> Actually, more than that, uh, Michael not only is uh, one of our senior trainers, but he also participates on our president's council. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and for his experience, and I think he brings, uh, I think he brings something to us that uh, we wouldn't have otherwise, so I'm grateful that he's become a, a good uh, partner and a, a very good friend. So I'm glad to be here tonight, and I think this is going to be fun. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, guys. You know, um, one of the things that I've seen Michael bring to the group is we, we've elevated the level of training that's available to our members. We have the basic training and the stuff that's very popular, but we we now have these more advanced courses that really gets to or above the professional level, if you want to consider it that way. Now, knowing Normie and all of our initials that we use for our classes, I, I do want to talk to Michael about the NCMP, which is the um, Normie Certified Microbial Professional. So, Michael, I, I'm going to ask you, wh what is that? What is that all about? Well, uh, quite honestly, this is a, a continuation of a certification that was originally offered by the Restoration Industry Association. And early on in the mold remediation um, industry and the arena, and I'm, I'm going all the way back to like 1999, 2000, 2001, thereabouts. Uh, it was our assessment at Wondermakers that there had to be more for some people in the industry than, than just a technician level and a supervisor level, and not that those are bad uh, places to go for training or anything like that. But we just felt that if the industry was really going to not just survive but prosper, there had to be a cadre of individuals that people could look at and say, you know what, those people are really professionals in their industry. Um, very similar to, you know, a master carpenter or, you know, an engineer or somebody who's got some real experience. And that's what we tried to do at Wondermakers when we um, developed the certified, uh, originally it was certified mold professional, but now with Normie, it's the certified microbial professional course. And that's a good move too, because it broadens up what the um, students learn about and it really helps to give us that bigger picture in terms of the students coming through the class. So the basic answer to the question is that the NCMP is, as you said, the Normie Certified Microbial Professional. And what we're trying to do is elevate the knowledge of the individuals who come through that class so that they're 
more well-rounded and they're able to be the sort of person that if I have a, a question that just is really a tough one in the industry, that's the sort of people that you go to, the NCMPs. You know, uh, I, I, I've heard it described as upper level type of training. Would, it, would that be a fair evaluation to, to classify this as? The, absolutely. And the, the reason that we would consider it to be upper level is that there's actually some prerequisites. And I know that that can be dangerous, if you will, because it, it potentially limits the, the people that can come for that training. But uh, to even you know qualify for the training, a person has to go through either the um, normie certified mold remediator course or an equivalent and uh, depending on where that equivalency is, if it's from ACAC or uh, IICRC, um, you know, it may be that combination course, which is more of a uh, technician and a supervisor course. It could be, you know, somebody who gets into the CMA, CMR, where they're learning a little bit about the assessor side as well as the remediator. Um, but to like I said, there's going to have to be some level of training and generally experience in the mold uh, field or in the microbial field before somebody qualifies for this course. Now, since it's the NCMP, um, they also, which isn't a tough uh, criteria, but they do have to go through the normally professional practices um, uh, course. And uh, that's just so that they understand what they're dealing with Again, if they're professional and we have professional practices, it's pretty bad if professionals don't know the professional practices they're supposed to be following. So uh, that's a prerequisite to and that's built into the, you know, the emphasis of those professional practices is built into the NCMP course. So it is good that they know that before they get there. You know, Doug, you and I have talked over the years about, you know, people coming to even our remediator or assessment course that needing a basic knowledge of the industry. I mean, if you don't know how to take an air sample, how do you go through a, you know, a course about remediation or assessment? I mean, to slow the class down to teach that makes it difficult. And that's what it sounds like here. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, we, we're old enough to know that there's some things that you just don't learn except by experience. And there are some things that uh, are going to build on the foundation the truths that you understand, uh, the the techniques that you understand, you've got to continually build on that if you're going to get better, and I think be a, a better asset for the public. Uh, oftentimes, an entry level course might get you into the business, might get you into the industry, it might get you a, a license. But one of the things that has always frustrated us, and I know Michael completely agrees with this, is there are some guys right now in Florida that are taking a one-day quote-unquote refresher course to get licensed in the state of Florida. It's how yeah. in the world, how in the world can you do that? We do a three-day class, and in some ways, I wish it was five. So having having a uh, an opportunity to really encourage our members to think in terms of developing their uh, techniques and their processes and helping them better understand the industry is only going to provide better services and I think more truthful services, frankly, to the uh, to the public. And so, as we always say in our classes, if our if our members look good, we look good. <laughs> and part of that is just making sure they're trained properly. 
Absolutely. I think I'm going to add to that, Tom. you jump in and add a little bit to that. You, you know, the other thing that we've seen since I've become a Normie member a few years ago and really got involved with you guys is there is a desire that the people who are in Normie who really want to be the best in the industry, they want to go up a step. And you see it in the folks that show up on the Tuesday night for the, um, you know, the the continuing education credit. You see it, the folks that are jumping around to the different tracks to pick up, you know, information that's related information so that they can just be more well-rounded and everything. And I believe we see it in terms of the people that want this, uh, as you put it, Lance, upper level training so that they can better understand how everything ties together and, uh, you know, be a real resource for both clients and their company. Uh, a lot of them come in just because uh, we're seeing more and more transitions in these companies. There's, uh, Doug, you said the we for older guys. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. Uh, <laughs> but we are seeing a lot of that transition. You know, you've got a lot of people that are moving uh, into retirement and leaving these positions of uh, you know, responsibility in some of these uh, remediation organizations. And we have a lot of people that are trying to step up to those. And like you said a minute ago, how do they do that without decades of experience? And I'm not suggesting that this course, a three-day course is going to, you know, substitute for 10 years of experience. But for somebody who's got, you know, half a dozen years of experience in the industry and wants to move into one of those, management positions and you know position themselves for when the owners retire to maybe even take over the business uh, being an ncmp is going to be very helpful to them because one of the main things it does is teach them how to see the the microbial contamination picture from a from a bigger perspective right you know we, we've talked a lot about as i use the term upper level type of training and we've talked a bit about what's involved but what makes this class really special is there like something you could really zoom in on to to point that out oh i think the thing from my perspective and having you know been the primary instructor for this for um you know 20 years the thing that the students all talk about afterwards are two things uh one it's it's a combination of uh, learning and um, learning together. So there's a big emphasis on case study and we get the students in the class, whether they're even participating online or, um, you know, live in the classroom, we get people working through these different case study scenarios. And honestly, at the end of the class, we hear every class where people say, and quite bluntly, you know what what we learned from you michael and the slides and everything was interesting but what really made a difference in terms of this class resonating and us feeling uh, more confident to go out and deal with some of these projects was was working it through the case studies because they're not simple you know if if the people don't know how to set up a containment uh and and where they're supposed to put their negative air machines and stuff by the time they get into this class they probably shouldn't be in this class, but we're talking about how do they integrate this into much more complex projects. And like I said, they, they really enjoy the case study. 
The other thing that makes the class special or unique or different is that it doesn't just end with a class. And I know this can be scary for people to hear that there's a post-class requirement, but that is, you know, if you're going to be considered a professional in the industry, you have to demonstrate that somehow. And so we do have a, a post-class requirement. Um, we call it a capstone, uh, but uh, there's a lot of different projects that people can take on as part of that class uh, afterwards to show that they're actually um, the upper level in the industry. Okay, okay, you can't get away that easy with just saying post-class requirements. <laughs> you got to give us a little bit more about that. What, what's really involved with this and, you know, how does it enhance what was taught in the class? Well, again, if you're going to be a professional in the industry, then you need to have a, a profile in the industry, right? You, you need to be recognized as somebody who's got this expertise. And there's a, you know, there's certainly a situation where you can point to the certificate on the wall and say, see, that makes me a professional. But uh, what we find out is that the people who are looked at by their peers as professionals have taken another step. They've taken the information that they know about the industry and they've translated it into something that's tangible. So we're very open in terms of what these capstone projects can be. Uh, we've had people uh, come through the class and understand, you know, we're way behind internally on some of the safety and health programs or our respirator protection program or um, we don't have good marketing materials now that we understand this in a little bit better way for our customers or we don't even know how we haven't been doing a good job putting ourselves out in the industry so all of those things we've had capstones in the past from some of the uh, professionals where they do their own um, you know marketing brochures or safety and health programs We've had people actually do experiments. They come into class and they've kind of had what I call a burning question. And uh, uh, this one gentleman just was uh, totally fixated on the whole idea of the 10 square foot rule, which uh, came from the New York City guidelines. And, and he was very much reflecting my attitude saying, well, you know, if it's nine and a half feet, does that make it like less dangerous than if it's 10 and a half feet. What if it's 10, one inch, right? And so he actually did an experiment. He set up a containment area and did removal of uh, less than 10 square feet. It actually turned out to be about six square feet of, of uh, mold contaminated material under controlled conditions and then did a lot of sampling while he was doing that to show what the impact was and it you know what, if you don't use your uh, standard remediation techniques like negative pressure and HEPA vacuums and the New York City guidelines say that you can just, you know, take a piece of drywall and, and cut it out, right? Uh, and he, he pretty much proved that to be false. Now that was way, I don't want to say way more, but that was on the kind of the top end of what somebody might do for a capstone project. Um, a lot of them will actually just take their information and dig into one um, subset of the microbial industry and then even uh, write it up for an article for some of the um, uh, 
the technical journals or for the trade journals and stuff. And regardless of what they decide to do, two things are important in terms of the post-class uh, uh, requirement. One is that we work really hard in the class so that by the time everybody leaves, they know what they're doing. And then if they already know what they're doing, we can also help them in class provide the resources and the guidance and the encouragement they need to finish that up after class so that, uh, you know, they do class, they do their tests, but more importantly, this capstone project is what starts to set them apart. If it is an experiment or it is a, um, you know, document that gets translated into a journal article or something like that, it also raises their profile and helps them to be recognized as a professional, not just by normie and those of us that are kind of in the, in the know, if you will, but all of a sudden it starts to bring them some recognition uh, from their peers uh, in the rest of the industry. So, you know, what I'm hearing from you talk about this, it, it sounds like, well, let's look at the government as, as an example. A lot of the government entities, they have to put a magical line you know, of what level is good, what level is bad. It's not a, a floating thing. Like uh, radon, you know, four picocuries per liter, you know, 3.99999 is okay, but four is bad. You know, same thing with the 10 square foot rule. To me, it sounds more like uh, this class is a collaborative environment from all the people with all their experience being there. Well, it's a collaborative class run by a dictator. But yes, <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, there's structure to it. You have to be careful with that. And again, I think that's a, uh, one of the reasons that you see individuals like myself and Doug being the primary instructors on that class is because, you know, we have to have the experience in the industry, but also as instructors to know how far to let that run and then when to rein that back in. So, yeah, I would say it is a very collaborative experience, but it's under under guidance of the instructors. So let me speak to that for a second, if I could, Lance, because I think this is really fascinating. And maybe this is kind of down into the weeds. Hopefully it won't be. But one of the things that we know about training, and this is why I love so much being able to work with Michael, was there are not a lot of trainers that understand this. There's a very big difference between teaching high school students and teaching adults. And part of the difference is that high school students don't know anything. Sorry, high school students, but they just don't know anything. And so they're, <laughs> they're sitting there listening to someone lecture to them, and they're hopefully listening and learning something that they don't know anything about. With adult learners, what you've got is you've got guys that are in that classroom who need to contribute and want to contribute and should contribute to the discussion because of the experiences that, that they've had that the trainer that the trainer maybe hasn't had. So having someone at the, the head of the class, like a Michael, who knows the industry inside out, has got a tremendous amount of experience, but is still delicate enough to respect and honor the input that those students are going to have makes the class, and as a term you said, kind of collaborative, but as he said, with a dictator. But that's how that happens. There are not a lot of teachers that can do that. Well, and, and I want to follow up on that, Doug, and I, I, I say this in all humility. Um, you know, when I'm teaching that class, I learn so much. And the, 
you know, one of the first admissions that I make to the students is that I am not a remediator, right? I don't go out and tear buildings apart on a, on a daily basis. And quite honestly, other than being out there, uh, you know, for the post remediation or doing sampling and or, you know, sometimes getting out over the course of, uh, you know, multiple decades and actually getting my hands dirty just for the practice of it, um, I'm not a remediator. And so, and I never have been, I haven't been a contractor. I'm a consultant, I'm a trainer, I'm, you know, a, a recognized professional, I'm an educator in the industry, but I have to tip my hat to the people who go out and do this every day. And by the time they get into this class, we generally, as you say, Doug, we have individuals that have a lot of experience and with the right coaching are willing to share what they know so it does become collaborative. And sometimes it takes a, you know, a half a day for people to warm up and understand that, uh, you know, we've got, it's a, I'm sorry, this is going to sound woke and horrible. Uh, it's a safe space for them to, you know, open up and share their ideas and stuff. But um, I was using that term well before it was fashionable. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like it's a extremely packed three days. And, and I guess that's one of the reasons that you have the uh, the post-class type of work. But, you know, it, it's, it doesn't though sound to me like it's drinking from a fire hose. I know a lot of these classes where they pack so much information in. So, Doug, I know you've talked about that kind of stuff in a long time, and you've seen Michael teach his class several times. The flow rate, I guess, would be the best way to describe that. Comfortable? Yeah, I think that's that delicate balance that I was talking about. As somebody who really knows what they're doing from a training standpoint, being able to give that information out in a way that it can be absorbed, but then start to see when the eyes are glazing over and take a break. You know, <laughs> and sometimes that just takes experience, just teaching experience and understanding how the classroom works. It is a lot of information. One of the things that we've really tried to do is to make sure that they have in their hands all the slides that we've discussed. They can take copious notes, uh, obviously, for an exam that would follow the, the certified proctored exam that would follow. But I think the idea is that uh, being able to gauge the the uh, the climate of the class, uh, th that's just something that's, that, as I said, not a lot of people are able to do, but that's why one of the reasons I'm so happy that we've got Michael on, on board, because I think we have several trainers like that, and they're not easy to find. Well, thank you for the compliment. What I will say is that the um, it's real work to teach that class, too. I mean, to be an active listener, it takes as much energy as to be an active speaker, um, and each class is different, more so than the, you know, mold technician class or even the, the sensitized individual classes that I teach. Um, the MCMP class is different because I have, as a lead instructor, I have a little bit more tendency to let some of that collaborative discussion run and then have figured out how to bring it back or how to... Uh, you know, if I have to trim a little bit from some of the, um, you know, subject matter that we're going to talk about, like you said, they have all the slides there so that they're not necessarily losing any of the critical information, but we may, you know, speed up going through some of that in class in order to give 
more time for the discussion, depending on where the discussion's going. Or sometimes, you know, depending on who's in the class and the whole dynamics of it, uh, or just toward the end of the class, a lot of times, they're just tired. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of times it reverts back toward the last afternoon of the class where I do a little bit more of the lecture style presentation uh, than throughout the, the rest of it, just because uh, if they've really been at it kind of hammer and tongs for two and a half days, it can be, it can be wearing on the students as well. Doug, um, as executive director of Normie, how do you see the NPMC course really, or yeah, CMP, affecting the Normie structure? And what, what does it actually bring to us? Well, I think this is a good time for me to talk about the Normie Pro designation, which I think is so significant. And that Normie Pro designation, which, oh, by the way, no one has yet, <laughs> which uh, not even Lance nor Doug nor Michael has this designation yet, was actually born, the Normie Pro designation was really born out of a need, as many good ideas are, uh, to, to provide to the public uh, a professional who could handle virtually any kind of issue, any kind of problem that they might face. And it was born out of this need when uh, you and I, Lance, got a call from uh, BP Oil, and they said, we need somebody to go offshore and do an assessment on one of our deep water oil rigs. And we both looked at each other and went, uh, do we really have a normie member who's qualified to do this? Somebody who has the safety training, someone who has the uh, security clearances, somebody who has the experience in the background. Because when you get out on an oil rig, you know, deep water oil rig, there's only one way out and one way back, and it's a helicopter. And there, there's, there's not a lot of discussion or being able to, you know, run to Lowe's and get something. So, we decided, well, this is something that we should do. And so we did that. But out of that was born this idea of how do we get to how do we get our guys to a master level? I think everybody's very familiar with what that terminology is. IIC, uh, IICRC talks about that and others. How do we get our guys to a, to the level where they can handle even those kinds of jobs? And so our dream was and our goal was, which is now coming to fruition, was to have enough advanced training where we could have the designation Normie Pro and we could give that to uh, individual in the Normie membership who had the training on sensitized individuals, uh, regular CMA, CMR, understood how to deal with formaldehyde, understood building sciences enough to be able to, to deal with air infiltration issues, knows what a blower door test is, knows how to spell a manual J, uh, you know, has had the advanced microbial professional classes. How do we put all of that together and say, this guy, this lady, we're gonna give this designation to Normie Pro and then when we get those kinds of calls, that's the person that we can send on that kind of project. So the Normie Pro designation, which again, I say nobody has, we're still working on that. Uh, we're hoping that by the end of the year, with the help of the President's Council, we'll have some very specific criteria so that folks can get there um, and get that designation. And we have some now that I think we could get pretty close, uh, may already be there to be able to to have that designation, that's where Normie is headed. We're going to set the standard for the highest level of professional training 
that's in the market today. And I, I frankly just don't believe anybody else has been doing that like we intend to. And with Michael's help, with the President's Council help, I think we're going to create something that this industry has needed for a long time. And and again, I, I just love jumping in on, on what Doug lays out as the, the foundation here. Truly, this NCMP class, one of the main ideas behind it is to help people see microbial contamination from a much broader perspective. And that was some of the stuff that you were talking about, Doug. You know, there's there's great pieces of equipment and there's good things that we can steal, if you will, from the radon industry, like, uh, you know, Lance had referred to earlier. And, you know, there's, there's things on the asbestos side, there's things in the safety arena, there's things from all these different industries, general indoor air quality. And the more we can get people to think about it in terms of concepts and how these similar concepts can be applied to a project, but when we're faced with a, you know, a potential problem, we don't have to be restricted to trying to find a mold um, piece of equipment or something, right? We can, we can see it from a bigger perspective and reach out and realize that, hey, there's, there's um, you know, things from the indoor air quality arena that we may want to put in here. A great example, just if I can um, be a little bit, uh, suck up just a little bit, is the, the ionizer for the, uh, you know, the tail of the negative air machine that's available, the PRVK, right? Um, that's not really a mold remediation piece of equipment, or that's not an idea that really came from the mold remediation arena. But it's, a, it's an idea that fits the mold remediation arena really well, as well as asbestos abatement and lead and, uh, you know, just cleanse, air cleansing, air washing when you're doing whole house cleaning. It's a, it's a technology that we're bringing over from somewhere else and people need to understand a little bit about how that interacts and, and can be used in so many different arenas. So I'll give you uh, one, if I can, Lance, I'll give you one insight into some of the things that are, are going to be different in this particular class and some of the other classes that we're doing. In fact, at the new CMA-CMR class that we're going to teach next week, we're going to introduce the concept of air washing, low-pressure air washing, which is something we've, we've never done um, in our training before. But it's brand new, 2023 for us. It's not new to Michael. Michael knew what it was. In fact, he helped me, <laughs> <laughs> helped me understand how we could fit it into our our training program. But um, I, I think the point that I'm making is, is that our classes hopefully will stay up with the industry and in some cases maybe stay ahead of the industry. And that's why they're constantly changing. You come to a CMA CMR class that we do today, it's not the same class that we did before COVID. It's just and not. <laughs> and the NCMP class that we're going to do next is, is going to be different than the one that we did before. Yeah. And, the other thing I would share there, Doug, and building on that is that the only way we stay at and above where the industry is, is to rely on the people that are working in it every day. That's right. That's right. And tease out of them. Every, 
I'll, I'll be blunt with you. I, I'm thinking about it now over the course of the last two decades. Basically, every concept that's in this NCMP course I have taken from, um, you know, with their permission and with their discussion in class, but basically I've taken from experts in the industry that are doing it every day. Yeah. And that to me is the best knowledge to share is not, and again, I, I have gone through lots of levels of academic training, but there's a difference between information that's coming at you from an academic standpoint and information that's coming at you from things that have worked and, and really made a difference in the real world. So, you know, Michael, it's, it, that's so important on so many levels. I mean, we teach in our classes about for people that are becoming supervisors to ask your people, ask the people doing the work that have the working knowledge, how to improve their conditions, improve the technologies, give them what they need. And that's exactly what it sounds like you're talking about. Well, the, the other thing I would add to that, Lance, is that it's important uh, for the professionals to look and listen and learn. Um, as I said, the the more advanced I get and the more little buttons and designations and all the stuff I have, quite honestly, the humbler I'm getting because I just am figuring out how much I don't know in all these different areas that I probably should know to pull together. And I'm honored, quite honestly, it, it truly is. I, I think about it honor to be an instructor in this class because I'm, I'm sharing ideas and, uh, you know, you may have heard the term, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this term, uh, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. And the crazy thing about that is that a lot of the giants whose shoulders we're standing on for this class are people whose names are not necessarily household names or even really well known in the industry, quite honestly. They're just individuals who go to work every day do a really good job and are creative as how they do it and we're kind enough to share some of that in that collaborative portion of the class that then we can you know build on and use for the next one i knew the word collaborative was going to come back in there someplace <laughs> well i had to for your benefit last thank you any anything else about the class either of you would want to say well, yes, I, I'll just say that uh, that I think this class, whenever it happens, we're, we're looking at uh, dates coming up in the next couple of months. But uh, whenever this class actually happens, uh, I'm really highly encouraged by the, the guys that have been taking our CMA, CMR class. It's not too soon to get into this class, even whether you have a little bit of experience or a lot of experience. I think if you've, you've been trained by Normie and you have that basic foundation, CMA, CMR class, this would be a very, very good class for you to take. I'm going to add something completely different, and that is that um, our experience in this class is that it, you know, it's, it's challenging. It's a fair amount of work and everything. That shouldn't necessarily scare people who want to be professionals. But the, probably the biggest thing is it's fun. And the people that come through this class um, you know, talk to me even years and decades later about the relationships that they built in that class and their team when they were on their, um, you know, their, their, because we, we divide them up 
and then put them in different teams at different points in time for the case study and stuff and how they got to know some of the other people in their class. And a lot of those, believe it or not, in three days become friendships and professional relationships that they hang on to for years and decades. And just it's it's one of those things where if you're a professional in the industry and you start to see yourself as a professional in the industry, you want to hang around other professionals in the industry. You just you have that desire to want to learn from them and share with them. And so uh, we see this and we see it uh, happen in a very fun way in the class. So um, the fun factor is actually quite high <laughs> as compared to some of the other ones like the CMA. Uh, and, and not that that's not a fun class, but you know, there's so much basic information that's getting across in some of these other classes that you don't quite have the same ability to allow the students in class to express themselves and the collaborative nature and the case study nature of uh, portions of this class allows some of those personalities to come out and uh, and basically it just usually turns it into a pretty fun class you know i i think listening to the two of you and we've talked for probably close to 40 minutes already the way i would just sum up what i've heard is two words upper level yeah i think that that does it that says it all Gentlemen, anything else? Um, I think we've covered quite a bit of information here tonight. Well, I'm just uh, really appreciative of having the opportunity to uh, chat with you and, and uh, with Doug all at the same time and everything. And I would encourage anybody who's even, you know, remotely curious to dig into it. And uh, they can certainly call Normie and talk to Doug about it. They can um, you know, get the referral. They can uh, chat with me about it. I'll be happy to spend more time explaining it. Uh, but it's it's a great class. I'm looking forward to having the next crop of people come through it. And I'll just tell you that uh, I'm excited to say that we've uh, updated our website at training.normie.org to incorporate information about this class, the NCMP. Now, one of the things that's uh, kind of unique about what we're doing these days is that this is going to be a, or it is a trademarked designation, which means it's based on Normie training and the NCMP cannot be used by anybody unless they've been trained by us. And so I think that's an additional level of credibility that uh, you're going to get in the marketplace if you're in the industry that you'll not get anywhere else. And I'm just grateful in a very big way uh, to Michael and what he's been able to bring to the team. And I think he's filled a void and I'm excited about where we're headed with this uh, whole advanced training program. So thank you, Michael. And thank you for being here, especially for this uh, interview today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you to both of you guys and have a blessed afternoon, evening. Michael Pinto, CEO of Wondermakers and Douglas Hoffman, the, uh, Chief Executive Officer from Normie. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Yep.